Howdy folks, and welcome to the Hunting Stories Podcast. I'm Michael, and today we're going to hear some stories from Doug Bowes. Now, Doug literally wrote the book on bear hunting, and I mean literally. I've actually put a link to it in the show notes, but the book is called The Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting, so please check it out. Now, of course, being in the middle of spring bear season here in the West, I appreciate Doug taking some time to actually sit down with us and tell some of his best stories. So that being said, let's kick it off and let Doug tell you about some of his close calls. Doug, thank you very much for joining us today on Hunting Stories Podcast. I figured we'd kick this thing off by letting you introduce yourself. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Douglas Bose, as some of you may know. I am the author of The Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting and No Bait Just Bears, and um, the the creator of uh, Ultimate Predator Calls app for Android and iOS. Just a, a regular regular family guy from Washington state. I'm 46 years old. I've been hunting since I was 12 and I hunt just about everything that walks. Not much of a bird hunter, but uh, <laughs> I like hunting grouse when the occasion rises, but usually it's just big game for me and, and predators. There you go. And uh, that's about it. Well, I know we brought you here to uh, tell some stories. Can you kind of set the stage for us? Let us know kind of how long ago was it, what you were using, what you were hunting, and, and then just dive into it and, and get into the gritty details. We want to we want to we want to hear the emotional um, story. Sure. So this will be a little different than my 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 other podcast where I'm just you know spouting off bear stuff all the time. I kind of put myself on autopilot, and <laughs> now I got to think of some stories to tell. So, um, you, you know, well, let's start uh, my last bear uh, last summer. Um, I was hunting a, a creek bottom, kind of surrounded by brush and mature stands. Some there's some mature stands, some clear cuts. But it's a place I like to go, and, and um, there's actually a little pool there that I can take a dip in on hot days. It's about four and a half, five feet deep. And actually, my goal is this. Uh, is yeah, this is in Washington. Is in Washington um, and and my okay. goal is to actually shoot a bear while I'm in that waiting in that in that pond or in that little pool, I should say. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know if it kicks back to when I was a kid and I watched Rambo too many times or what. But I, that's that's kind of my goal. I want to do it while I'm standing in that water but anyway for some reason doug i got the idea of being bare naked and shooting a bear while you're in that the, pond the so, idea luck. the idea is to be in my in my uh skivvies or not my skivvies but you know with uh underwear and crocs it's pretty much my my plan it's, i don't think a whole there lot of go. people have done that um for me right, there you right? Go. and it's secluded so i won't scare anybody with my dad bod while i'm in there <laughs> anyway i was i i sat down and put my put my back up against a log and uh i predator called for a while i i previously i had walked the walked the creek bed and there was plenty of bear sign and i have trail cameras along that creek and i noticed that there you know set after set i would have cougar and i would have bear and very little deer but there was like a ton of predators in this area and the last few years i've been holding out for a specific color of bear so I haven't killed a bear in a couple of years. But then when I saw these predators, I thought, you know, if, if I see a bear, if I call one in, I'm just going to shoot it just to take a predator out because it's it's so thick with them. And so I sat down, started predator calling and started off with uh, like a, you know, just a rabbit squall and and right at 45 minutes off to my right. Uh, so setting it up, I should say there's I'm sitting on a bend of a creek. And so straight ahead, I can see probably 120 mm -hmm. yards. And then to my right, I can see another 100 yards. So I can see pretty good down the creek, but it's thick brush all along it. So uh, right at 45 minutes, a bear come walking out at about 
than 40 yards, 50 yards out of this bear trail, which happened to be the same bear trail that my son shot his first bear on the year previous, the bear just kind of sauntered across the creek like he didn't have a care in the world and climbed up on the log jam that creates the pool that I swim in. And then as he crossed the creek and got into the brush, I stood up because I thought he was going to head to the tree line and I was going to try to get a shot at him. And I start walking towards the pool and to my surprise he he took a turn and then climbed up the the stump pile and then like looked down on me and he was actually kind of above me oh, um at like not even what distance not even 20 yards i mean maybe 20 yards he's oh, basically man. like across the pool and up on top of a little log jam and and i thought man i gotta get I got to ask sure, one quick yeah. question, Doug. One quick question. Just because I know you're in Washington um, and you're close to where there are grizzlies. This is a black this, bear or a grizzly bear? I just want to make sure this that is I'm a, shitting This myself, is a black you know. bear. <laughs> this is right a, yeah. Yeah, okay, we have perfect. we have some grizzlies in Washington, but mainly it's up uh, on our northern border or like the northeast corner. And so I'm hunting in the northwest corner in this story. Gotcha. And so I, I grab my phone and I'm, I'm – I when I stood up and I started walking over there, I I, I – turned the power on. I was trying to get video of it. And so I grabbed my rifle and I got my phone kind of like balanced on one hand and I'm holding the rifle and I'm, I, it looks like I'm taking video and I got it all lined up and I shoot as he kind of, he, he turned a little bit, gave me a broadside shot. And I, I shot right when he turned and then he just kind of barreled off the, barreled off the uh, log jam and uh, he didn't go anywhere. So I kind of walk over there quietly and check and he he died pretty much instantly all he did was go off the log jam and he died in a basically a sandbox which was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. but sadly uh (laughs) when i stood up i must have like hit the stop button or something to that effect because i i thought i had it all on video and i didn't have any of it i was like oh i just had it like right where i stood up and then i shut it off i was like oh man that sucks but anyway yeah i ended up skinning out the bear in in the sandbox and uh took it was right. It was right near dusk, and uh, by the time I got done, I got done with half of it, carried out what I could, and then my brother, my little brother Jim, came with me the next day, and we got the rest of it undisturbed and and got it all out. And now it's summer sausage in my freezer, and uh, I just shared some of that Delicious. with a buddy of mine today, in fact. And uh, yeah, the hides getting tanned, so that's one story. That's awesome. Was that a uh, spring bear? It was a fall, a fall bear. bear. It was a boar. He was about a hundred and I'd say about one hundred and eighty pounds. He wasn't. He wasn't huge. He was like an average sized bear. I think he was five years old from the tooth. And it wasn't. It was. It would probably be a bear. I would. I would pass on normally. But again, it was like, you know, there were so many predators in that area. I just thought this this place needs help. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I left my trail cams up for. Uh, another month after that and bear were still going in and out of that old area so i know you know i mean i know there's plenty of bear in there still so i'm i'm i didn't hurt the bear yeah, population absolutely that's awesome man that's a good story uh is that the closest you've ever been to a bear or i'm sure in your years of bear hunting you've probably gotten a little closest i've miles. ever been to a bear is three steps so <laughs> that's another story uh actually in the same area not too far from where i shot that one i was I was walking along uh, a logging road and I like the predator call as many of you know. And so I climbed up on this stump pile and this is a, this is a cut that's probably like five or six years old at the time, pretty brushy, but still kind of shootable, still, still huntable. And so I'm predator calling. I can kind of hear something coming in, but then there's a tree line about 200 yards out. And it just sounds like the bear 
is like ripping into a stump or something and he's not paying any attention to me but i can hear him just like crashing around tearing into a stump like growling and snorting and thinking man and i call and call and call no luck and by now it's it's getting to where i need to start hiking out otherwise i'll be hiking out in the dark and i think well you know if i see that bear out of out of sheer spite i just wanted to shoot it because it didn't come in you know i was like angry at it that it didn't come in i'm like all right whatever so then i i get down and i get to the road and i start hiking out and i had a coyote that was coming in to the call but when he saw me hit this the, the skid road he backed out and ran off and i wasn't going to shoot i was like ah, heck with it because my my 300 winchester yeah. short magnum would you know it the exit wound blows out half the coyote so i was like ah, i'm i'm not going to waste the bullet um and yeah. so I, I i when i passed on that coyote um, I noticed that I could hear the bear kind of paralleling the road with me, and it sounded like he was getting closer and closer. And the road, like 100 yards up, kind of comes to a T, and I thought, well, if he's paralleling the road, he's going to cross that road at that T, so I'm just going to try to hit him at that T when he pops out. And when I thought that, I kept going with the road a little bit, or going with the bear, and then uh, I was right along the right-hand edge. And it got closer and closer, and I thought, man, this thing sounds like he's going to step on me and so i stopped and i backed up three steps one two three and when i backed up about i don't know five seconds later maybe he come crawling out right right where i was standing and he was a bigger bear and he kind of looked at me and i looked at him and and all i had was like you know i had my rifle up and i have a scope on there and it was like kind of a just a an oh shit moment for him and I. I mean, we both kind of looked at each other like, you know, something's going to happen here. And he kind of turned and I just, I shot one off and I hit him and he like ran off. And so then I'm searching, I'm searching. And all I found was just a little teeny chunk of meat of like fat on, on this uh, bush. And I looked uh, for quite some time. And then I came back the next day, but I honestly think I either grazed him or like I, I shot him in the butt or something, but he, he ran through that brush and I, I never heard him stop. Like, you know, when I, when I hit him, I just, I lost the sound from, from him running, you know, um, I didn't get a death ball. I didn't get like a a pile up. Anyway, I looked and looked, nothing happened. I think I just grazed him, but that was like, in retrospect, that was probably a a situation I shouldn't have shot, but I was so surprised and like kind of, it, you know, it's like a split second decision where the bear's yeah. that close. And um, I write about that in the book too. Yeah. I have a bear three yards. Yeah. Shoot yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. It was like a yard. I mean, it was close. Yeah. And, you know, and then a, a couple of years ago, I was talking about close encounters with bears. I was uh, deer hunting in this place I call uh, camp tea bag. And, and because I used to bring these, these coffee, these Folger coffee bags, that looked like tea bags and I would use those as my coffee. Okay. And then when I would, when I would camp, I would hang them up in the tree to dry them out to reuse them. Cause I would only bring like, you know, a couple. Um, so I, I called it camp yeah. tea bag. And so despite what other people may think, <laughs> and, and I was out there by myself and this is like, Oh, a couple miles of, you know, like three, four miles in. And it, it is it, where a couple of rivers meet or creeks meet. And there's a, a big patch of, of, there's a field there, but it's surrounded by like deadfalls and, and a burned out valley. And so my tent is in about the only safe spot to put it um, because of the deadfalls and stuff. Trees are crashing all the time from the wind and everything else. Um, yeah. So right at dusk, I go back to camp and I'm, I have my rifle set down on its bipod and I'm getting ready to eat. And 
you know, I can kind of see like what I think is a, 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 I think I'm seeing spots because out before me, you know, right at dusk when things get low light, you can't really see all that great. And the field just looks kind of white from the, all the dead grass. And it looks like there's a black spot kind of floating in there. And I think, man, my eyes playing tricks on me. What is that? And then it stops and then starts floating some more. And I'm thinking, all right, that thing stopped and started moving. So I just kind of slowly pick up my rifle just to be safe. And a bear uh, walked right up to me that maybe 10 feet away. And the funny thing is, is that the wind was blowing right to that thing. Like he had to smell me, but he just walked right up to me. And now it's like, it's too dark to, it's past shooting light for sure. And I kind of said something to it and it didn't move. So I just, I touched one off in the dirt between him and me and the thing ran off. But then I'm like, great. Now I got to, you know, that's the last thing you kind of want to see right before you tuck yourself into bed by yourself in the back country. You know, I, I was like, great. But that, <laughs> yeah. that was another thing. And, you know, the bear was fine. I just shot in the dirt between us and it just scared him off. But yeah, that was another example, I guess. That's, that's, that's funny. I've actually, I'll, I'll tell a story because I have a close encounter with a bear story. I was elk hunting in Colorado and we weren't having too much luck. So we spent this morning glassing, just looking at these hillsides, hoping that an elk would pop its head up. Uh, we noticed down the ridge and this is a ridge. It's maybe about a mile and a half in front of us, thousand foot down, thousand foot up, a mile and a half away. Uh, we see this black spot moving. And it's, it looks to us to be a pretty big bear. And, and we're familiar enough with this country that we're like, if we book it, we think we can get to this area kind of down the ridge line where he'd drop into this little bowl. And then he'd follow this game trail that we knew we, uh, we had cameras on. We saw bears on it. We're like, I bet if we can get there, we could beat him to it. We can set up and he'll walk right to us. So we run down the hill, run up the other side. I say hill, it's a mountain. Um, and we get into place, breathing hard. I drop into this little gulch, which is right off of the... The, um, the trail where I think that the bear is going to be coming in. And my buddy's on the opposite side. There's sort of a dip. It's like a, a, a finger ridge coming down. And he's on the opposite side of that finger ridge. And uh, he's like, I'll stand here. You stand over there. Hopefully we can get this thing. We're, we're all hunting, but we have tags for bears. So we figured we'd give it a go. When I get into this little gulch, I realize that that bear is maybe 10 yards away from me through a bunch of brush. I can hear him, can't see him, <laughs> but he is close. And I've never been more upset to only have my bow on me in my life. Like I wasn't prepared to walk into him in, a, in you know, basically a ditch with just yeah. a pointy stick. For, fortunately for me, he smelled me, heard me. I don't know, but he booked it. And I was a little like, okay, I'm going to pretend like I'm upset that he got away, but I'm actually happy that he ran the other direction. So I, I kind of crawl out of my little ditch, look over to my buddy on the other side of the ridge. And I'm not joking, maybe 30 feet above him, but about 10 to 15 yards back so he can't see is a giant bull elk and so i'm about 100 yards and i'm like trying to signal to him that there's a bull right above him get your bow out and he's like what are you doing and, and i'm trying not to give away the, to the elk but i'm trying to either way we never saw that elk again my buddy didn't understand i need to work on my sign language or we need to work on our signals but the, it was always i'll i will always remember that story because just being terrified of the bear and then walking up and then there's the elk we've been looking for, for <laughs> that's well, just good ridiculous. Luck. That's 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 how it goes. Um, cool. Uh, I Go was ahead. gonna just chime in for the elk hunting kind of story. So this, where I go elk hunting, I I exclusively hunt elk with a bow. Um, and so I I was hunting by myself, but with family, and I I drove down to this one spot I like to go to, and this was this was oh years even before I wrote Ultimate Guide. But anyway, I I park at this little parking spot, and there's a 
uh, a dead a dead end logging road that you know is, is decommissioned so you can walk quite a ways but just, when i get out and i start walking toward the road this cougar jumps out at a tree so the cougar actually watched me park and get out and he, i was maybe 20 yards from him when he jumped out of the tree and then ran off and i didn't have a shot but i thought man what you know what was this cougar doing here and so i started searching around searching around and uh, i found a elk uh, a calf elk that had been killed, freshly killed, and it half buried under a tree. And so I thought, well, you know, this is pretty sweet. So I hunt the morning, go back to camp for lunch and stuff. And I'm talking to the family and friends. And I was like, all right, Johnny, my little brother, I was like, all right, Johnny, we can, we can go back there tonight. You know, I'm sure that cougar's close by and we can try to get this cougar. And um, when I elk hunt, I often bring a rifle with me in case I want to switch to like bear hunting because elk hunting is weapon specific but bear hunting in my state isn't you can hunt with whatever weapon you have and so sometimes i'll i'll grab you know if i get bored i'll go i'll go bear hunting with a rifle or something like that so i gave johnny my 30 30 that um he had never shot but i had shot and then i took my i think i had my 300 with me yeah i had my 300 winchester short magnum so we go back to to kill and this is like an hour before dark or an hour and a half. And I'm like, all right, Johnny, here's the kill. All you got to do is stay awake and, you know, watch this thing. And, and hopefully he comes in. And then I put him like 40 yards from the kill uh, up against the tree. And then I went up the trail like another 100 yards thinking that maybe the cougar will come down this trail. So one of us will get a shot. So dusk comes right near dusk. And I'm like, well, I haven't heard nothing. I might as well get up and go see Johnny. So I, as soon as I stand up, I hear this shot. Pow! And uh, I run back there. I go, Johnny, did you get it? And he goes, well, I don't know. I go, well, what happened? He says, well, I was laying here and I fell asleep, and, which is typical of my brothers. And, oh, and then no. the ants started biting him and waking him up. And when he woke up, he looked over at that elk and there was that cougar looking at Johnny eating the elk at 40 yards from him. So the, the cougar's just staring at Johnny as he's sleeping and, the, and he's eating that elk. And Johnny had never shot that gun. God, yeah, terrifying. Johnny never shot that gun. And so the gun, it could easily have been the gun's fault. Its front sight is just like a little bit bent. I mean, not a ton, but just a little bit. So it could have been enough to, for him to miss. Anyway, we think he missed. And so we're looking we're looking around this this dead elk trying to find blood, right? And And now it's getting kind of dark but we know that that cougar is still kind of close by and so we're looking around and pretty soon you you need a flashlight to be able to see and so um we split up don't see nothing we get back together and uh he flashes with his light and he says uh he says holy shit there's a pair of eyes and i says where he says right there and so i look behind us and sure enough there's that cougar and all you can see is his green eyes when you put the light on him all you can see is the green eyes. And what he was doing was, and they would disappear. And that was, that was really disconcerting because he was close. So, you know, yeah. when you can see the eyes, you know where it's at. But when the eyes disappear, you're thinking, where is this thing? And what he was doing was he was behind a, a, a tree that had fell. And he would pop up and then drop down, pop up and drop down. And we, we could see him just enough to where, you know, when you're watching a house cat and they, they do that little shimmy with their butt and they kind of scrunch down like they're getting ready to pounce. He, he kept doing that. And we were yelling yeah. at him and waving yeah, arms thanks. and like, get out of here, blah, blah, blah. And he wouldn't leave, wouldn't leave. And um, uh, so, yeah, and then I, I, I looked at him through my scope and I never realized how white their faces are until I saw his face in my scope. Because, you know, his the, their chins are all white and stuff like that. You just don't really realize it. Um, 
Yeah. What uh, what power scope and and how far away do you think the, the I, it was thirteen steps, and the scope I want to see is I want to say is like a three by nine. I don't I don't recall. I mean, I it, the funny thing is is I've had that scope for years, and I remember when I put it on there, but I don't I don't remember. I think yeah. it's a three by nine, but it, it filled my it I filled my Whew. my uh, my lens, um, and so yeah, it, it's 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 like right at you know, right at the end of light and I touch one off and I completely miss and I don't know how, but the cougar runs off. Any, anyway, the, the, the cougar was fine. Nothing happened, but, um, it was just like, it was, it, it, the funny thing is, is too, is we had to hike another, oh, half mile or so to the truck. And so when we were hiking out, it got pretty dark and that was yeah. nerve wracking because we knew there was a cougar around who wasn't necessarily scared of us at all. And, uh, and we were just, you know, hyped up because having a cougar and he was easily a couple minutes sitting there looking at us like that. Like it wasn't a quick couple of seconds. He wasn't leaving. Um, and that was pretty crazy. That was one of my cougar stories. Goodness gracious. I I can't even imagine that. I've got the heebie-jeebies. All right, let's let's move let's move on because I, I don't want to I don't want to deal with any cougars. I've I've actually never seen a cougar in the wild. I'm sure they've seen me, but um, I'm fine keeping it where I'm oblivious. They're sneaky. Um, let's see what's another one. Okay, so here's another one. So with my brother Johnny, and we're back at Camp Teabag. The previous story, Johnny's Johnny. Well, yeah, pretty much. So this uh, <laughs> we we were camping in there for for mule deer. And this is before I kind of lightened up my pack and stuff. And before I really got kind of serious about backcountry hunting, I actually had like a, I had like a Walmart tent that I would pack in there. And I had like bungee cords on my backpack. Like, you know, I my backpack going in was like 70, 80 pounds. It was like heavy. I had, you know, actual pillows and all sorts of stuff. So I had this old Walmart tent that I had been using for years. And it had been like rainy and, and wet and nasty out for a good couple of days. And, and so one of us, this evening, this evening hunt, we finally got a fire going and we're like, all right, one of us stay in camp, keep the fire going. The other one go out and hunt. And so I keep the fire going. Johnny goes out and hunts and I turn around and I look at the hillside and then, and now it's snowing and it's snowing pretty good. And about oh, six, 700 yards up the hill, I see what I think is a, a fawn and a doe eating. It looks like a tree and a, a fawn on one side and a doe on the other. And what happened was, is that the deer, the buck raised its head. And what I thought was a fawn was actually its rack on the other side of the tree. So I call it the fawn buck. And it was just this huge, huge buck. I'm like, holy crap. But it was, it was snowing so bad and getting late. I was like, ah, you know, like maybe it'll be there tomorrow. Who knows? And, uh, Johnny comes back and it's like a miserable night and he's sleeping under like a super tarp situation. Um, so I go back in my tent and, in the middle of the night, it, it sounds like something's scraping on my tent. And so I'm, I go, Hey bear, get out of here. You know, cause it sounds like a bear is scraping on my tent. And then the whole tent collapses and just goes boom, like right on my head. And I'm thinking what happened? So then I like, I unzip my tent and it's like a blizzard out. My tent collapsed because there's so much snow on it oh, and it God. like completely collapsed. And, uh, I look over at Johnny and it's a blizzard outside and he has nothing but a tarp that he's sleeping under. And all I see is his flashlight going all over the place. I say, you know, Hey Johnny, you doing okay? He's like, yeah, I'm all right. And uh, so I, I crawl back into my tent and I just like zip it up and go to sleep because it's the pole snapped and everything. So I'm kind of screwed. Anyway, next morning I get up 
I'm wet. I'm kind of cold. And I go to this one spot where I've killed a couple of deer before. And I think, well, I'm just going to sit here and see what happens. And it had quit snowing, but it was still very cold out and probably a foot of snow or something to that effect. And the wind was just howling down this valley. And I was getting pretty chilly, starting to shiver. So I thought, you know what? I have one of those little space blankets in my in my pack. I'm just going to take that out and wrap my legs in it and make some coffee while I sit here. So I got this tinfoil looking sheet across my legs. And as soon as I put that on, those things do work because my legs started to warm up right away. It like seals in that heat. And so I start boiling water for coffee. And of, of course, as I'm doing this, I, I make the coffee and then I see some deer coming in. And so I go to put down my coffee cup uh, and the deer are getting close. They're like under a hundred yards. I'd say more like 50. And there's like two does in a buck. And I, I put the coffee on the co- on the jet boil, which tips over and clangs everywhere. And, but they don't run off. And I'm <laughs> thinking, well, yeah, they don't run off with all this noise. And I'm wearing like a, a, a tinfoil sheet. And I'm thinking, man, that's nuts. And and this buck comes, he comes within, I don't know, 40 yards, maybe 30 yards. And uh, I shoot him, dump him. He just falls over in the snow. And then uh, my brother hears a shot and we talk on the radio. And so I ended up getting out of there that day. And I think he stayed another couple of days, but that was kind of funny only because, you know, it, it was a miserable night. The tent collapsed. And then as I'm sitting there with that tinfoil sheet and I'm making all this racket, I still end up lucking out and shooting a uh, a three-point yeah. mule deer and and having fun but yeah it was, it was a good story that's awesome i i don't i don't think i have any stories where it's quite that easy for me to harvest anything so i, I because it was that easy i'm kind of glad you had a bad night the night before but that's yeah well we had. we had suffered we had been out there for like three four days and it had it'd been yeah. wet and miserable like oh it just but you know misery loves company it's it's fun to suffer together like that of course yeah yeah, I bet that coffee when you got back to it was one of the best. Yeah, you ever it was had. great. Yeah. If it was still warm, that I, I think it was. Like, I think I actually finished it before I even went and started getting them out. Awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah. They, uh, what other stories you want me to tell? What? Do you got any requests? You know, I if I knew, <laughs> if you, I would. If but, you knew, uh, <laughs> you knew. Um. Let's let yeah. let's uh let me think. This is a heartbreaker. So I'm mule deer hunting, and I spot this buck with another buck and they're like a thousand yards off and I'm on this little knob and they are kind of down this ridge and to the right and kind of in the shadows of this other rocky knob. And this one buck looks really nice. So it's like a four point and then a real nice buck. And I look at it and I'm thinking, well, if I, if I use the ridge line as cover, if I go to the left of the ridge line, they're not going to see me and the wind is right. I can go all the way around and I know right where they're bedded and they bed down on these two flat rocks only about 10 yards apart from each other. And in this shaded area, it was kind of funny. So I decide to go for it. So I pack up my stuff and I get down there and I go around the ridge and the wind is right. And I drop my pack and I'm getting within like, you know, 200 yards, but I can get up on this little teeny knoll and you know, like the grassy knoll in the Kennedy assassination, I was like, this this grassy knoll will allow me to get, you know, an easy shot. So I drop my pack, keep quiet, and I scurry through. And this is this is in eastern Washington and it's dry and, and kind of crunchy out and stuff, but I end up getting within ninety-four yards and I set up my my rifle on uh one of those bucks, that four point, 
and he stood up and was kind of looking around and any day of the week, I would have shot that four point, like without question, like no hesitation, but I was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta get this other one. This other one was like a five point with like kickers and way wide. And like, he was a real nice Washington mule deer easily, probably one of my best ones. And, uh, so I wait for him and then, uh, the bigger one stands up and they're separated, you know, so I'm not shooting through another to get to the other type of thing. And, but he's, he's facing me. So yeah. I have like a chest shot and, but they're getting antsy. So they're getting ready to bounce. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to shoot, now's the time I'm 94 yards. I normally, you know, the gun sighted in at, at 200, it shouldn't be a problem. I shoot, they both like run off, run together and then split up and go down a Canyon. And I'm thinking, what the heck, you know, what, what, what happened? And this is a prime example is I hate, taking chest shots. Like I, I completely missed that buck. I went down Mm -hmm. there. I looked for blood, looked for hair, nothing like a a complete dry miss. I was like, Oh dude. And I I looked all over up and down that Canyon for any sort of blood, anything, no nothing. But the point is, is I don't like chest shots and I got greedy. I should have just shot that four point at the broadside and I would have been, you know, plenty happy. But, and, and also like I shot prone, and I'm not used to shooting prone. Like most of the time I'm shooting standing up or I, I you know, or I'm, I'm bracing against a tree or something like that. Most of my shots with deer are, are well under a hundred yards. They're usually like with bear, they're usually 50 yards or less. But yeah. I, I think my cheek was in like the wrong position and it was, you know, a chest shot is not a very large area to hit. It's pretty small. So you can, you can vary just a little bit one way or the other and you can cleanly miss that that deer but that was one of my it's a lesson that we probably all got to learn eventually and it's probably best that you you know you didn't injure no yeah like you learn you learn i'm i'm always happy with a clean miss i would much rather have a clean miss than a wounded animal yeah absolutely there there was there was one time (laughs) i was predator calling for bear this is in washington and i had a stump to my back and i was calling into some brush with a uh, tree line about 100 yards ahead of me along a logging road and I was calling away and sometimes when you're calling you I call it my spidey senses like something you you don't necessarily hear it but you kind of feel it you're like something feels like it's coming in I feel like I'm being watched something to that effect and I had that yeah Yeah, I was like something's coming and then all of a sudden from across the road all I see is like brown flash and eyes and i just like swung my 300 in the direction of that thing and then right before it hit the gun barrel it stopped and it was a bobcat that stopped right right at the end of my barrel and it wasn't bobcat season and plus the 300 would have blew it in half anyway but the thing stopped and i'm like (laughs) dude no one's gonna believe me unless i get a photo of this thing so i reached in my pocket and i like break this camera out and um as I'm kind of moving like that, he kind of just backs up just a little bit with his tail flickering. But I was able to get uh, a video footage of him sitting at the end of my barrel. And he kind of moves his tail a little bit as he's irritated. And then he just just takes off running like zero to 100 like it's nothing. I, there's there's the video of it on my uh, Instagram somewhere. But that was crazy. That was a real close call. Like I wasn't worried you know, about getting seriously hurt other than probably scratched up a little bit, but it was just the surprise and like the adrenaline, yeah. the adrenaline rush of how fast that happened. And, you know, just complete surprise. God, I can't imagine. And he literally like you could have touched him with the, with yeah. The I mean, he was like an inch off of it. I mean, uh, yeah, it wouldn't have been a problem. When, when was that? Um, how long? Ago? That was before I wrote ultimate too. So that was probably 2013 maybe. 
something like that. And then, you know, that's what I like about predator calling is they, it's like the Forrest Gump thing. Um, predator calling is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, you know, you can, you can call out there and you, you don't know if you're going to get a coyote or a bobcat or dive bomb by hawks or get a bear cougar. You know, there's all sorts of stuff. The very, the very first time I predator called, I called in a coyote and a bobcat on the same set. I called in the the coyote at 30 minutes and the bobcat at 45. And I I had never seen a bobcat before in the wild. And I was like, dude, this is insane. Like I am hooked. This is what I'm all about now. And so, yeah. So that's, I bet I I found your video here uh, on Instagram and I'm hoping you'll share that with us, man. That's crazy. He's just looking at you and he's like, you know what? I'm going to just book it. And he just runs down that road. I've never seen anything like that. It's pretty nuts. I'm amazed that you had the, uh, you know, the, your mind on you to actually get your phone. Uh, well, it, I don't know if I would it, have been like. I it wasn't even my phone. It was like an old, um, like Sony camera, pocket camera. That's how kind of old it was. I think that I think wow. the cell phones back then. I think I probably had like a flip phone or something that I couldn't even get video with. <laughs> uh, so, I, and I used to carry that camera around so I could get video and pictures. And so I thought, you know, I had to dig in my pocket, and I was like, Dude, no one's going to believe me if I don't get footage of this. So. And he sat around for not only to swing your gun around, but to also dig out your camera. It that's was amazing. Well, that's a really yeah, cool it was. It was. It was funny to watch because you could tell he was irritated. You know, if you have a house cat, you know how when cats move their tails a certain way, you can tell like they're getting yeah. ready to slap you or they're irritated. And he did that with his short yeah. little tail. You could just tell he was kind of pissed. He was like, "I snuck in for this," yeah. you know. Yeah, it's almost like he's trying to play it cool, and then he looks <laughs> the other direction finally, and then just yeah. is gone, just absolutely gone. Zero to a hundred real quick. That's awesome. Well, Doug, do you have any more for us? Otherwise you've given us a lot, a lot of close encounters. I think that might be the theme of the close encounters of the bear kind. Um, Anything else, anything else you want to share? Any ones of your, uh, your brother being a fool or any other. (laughs) I seem to be talking a lot about misses. So I'll I'll do one more miss. So here we go. So I was deer hunting, uh, deer hunting, uh, not too far from, from camp teabag. And, and this was a deer hunt. Well, I already said that, but I was watching this little gully and this big, fat, like beautiful, fluffy coyote come strolling. I was, I was up the gully just like, I don't know, 60 yards. And he was working the bottom of the gully in the burned out area. So it was nice and kind of open. There was brush here or there, but I aim at him and I'm like, I'm shooting this guy because he's, he's good size. So I shoot, he spins, takes off running. And I was like, I, I just hit this thing with a 300 win. He's not going anywhere. You know, like he should be down for the count. Well, I go over there, mm. no blood, no nothing. But what I found was, is I had shot low and like grazed. I, I went below his belly, but I, there was like a punch of hair out with no blood or nothing on it. Like, a, you know, like you had just shaven the, the stomach of the, of the coyote. So because yeah. it was so fluffy, I think I misjudged where I should shoot which is a common misconception with bear too. Lots of times people, they misjudge where they should shoot on a bear because of how long their hair is compared to a deer or an elk. But yeah, that coyote ran off, no blood, no nothing, totally missed. But I, I gave him something to think about. I definitely shaved his stomach and that was a, that was another thing. Of course, my dad hears the shot and he hops on the radio and says, Hey, what'd you hit? And I said, I missed a coyote. And then, you know, I hear all my brothers and dad laughing at me because I can't hit a coyote, but at, you know, 60 yards. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what hunting buddies are for. That's right. Funny, so that and hopefully helping with pack outs when you actually do connect. Yeah, definitely. Doug, this was fun, man. Uh, You have some fun stories. Um, 
I'm, I'm excited to hear how your season goes this year and see if you got any new ones for us. Hopefully the, the ones from this season are all. Yeah. Good, so. I, you know, I've had a lot more hits than I have misses, but uh, you know, you hunt long enough, you're going to miss. So that's, that's <laughs> just what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's inevitable. All right. Well, if you don't have any more stories, why don't you uh, tell the people like where they can find you? Maybe your Instagram, uh, maybe a little bit more information about the book and, and where you get it or your app. Yeah. So, you know, you can just, you can find me on Instagram, bows and bears, um, B O Z E and bears. Um, that's my handle. Facebook. It's just my name, Douglas bows, the book, uh, ultimate guide to black bear hunting. You can find on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Some Cabela's carry it in stores. It's available in the ebook version if you want. And then, you know, the apps, ultimate, uh, predator calls you can find on, uh, Google play or the app store for, um, iOS. And that has like 14 sets on it. So what that does is for five bucks, four ninety nine, you can push. It's actually recordings of me predator calling and it's like 14 sounds and you can push that to a bluetooth mm-hmm. speaker for those who don't want to spend the big money to get into e-calling or who are a little apprehensive about calling and don't want a bobcat bumping the rifle like i did you can make your phone <laughs> and a bluetooth speaker a, a, an easy cheap electronic caller and so that's what that app is all about um yeah. so yeah that's yeah. a good idea yeah nice well awesome doug Thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. I really do appreciate the stories as well. There are some, you got some good content in there, some stuff that makes you laugh and uh, also some things that just get shit out of it. I don't want to think about anymore. So, well, yeah, <laughs> man, I had fun. Uh, most of the, most of the podcasts I've been on are just bear hunting, but it's fun to sit there and actually tell stories. So it's, that's nice. Thank you. Enjoy the change. Yeah. If you think of any other ones, we're, we're. Oh, I'm sure I got a ton. Um, yeah. so, cool. All right. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. All right, guys, that's it. Yet another story in the books. If you have any feedback, please let us know. Just go to at hunting stories underscore official on Instagram and send us a direct message. While you're there, don't forget to follow. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, Doug and I went on a few tangents and actually had to edit out some miscellaneous conversations that weren't necessarily hunting stories, but he's a fun guy. In fact, within an hour of finishing the recording, he was actually messaging me thinking that he'd actually thought of other stories that he wanted to tell. So I'm sure we'll be seeing Doug back sometime in the future with plenty more stories, probably getting even closer to bears while we start playing tag with them or something. Um, But until then, don't forget to follow him on Instagram and check out his book and his app. You can find actually links to everything in the show notes. But for now, his handle is at Bows and Bears. It's B-O-Z-E and Bears. And of course, subscribe, review, and comment on your preferred podcast app, Spotify, Apple, whatever it is, to the Hunting Stories podcast. And of course, don't forget to share it with your friends. As always, finally, we're always looking for more storytellers. So if you, your dad, or your friend, or whomever has a good story, hit us up. We want to hear from all kinds of hunters as long as you can tell a good story. Thank you again for tuning in. Go make some stories of your own.